bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. And today I'm going to be talking about a new book I've actually just come out with uh, this week called Fast Profits in Hard Times, 10 Secret Strategies to Make You Rich in an Up or Down Economy. Now, I think the economy is going down, and a lot of people's first inclination when the economy is going down like this would be basically to climb under a rock or uh, put all their money in a mattress or put their money into CDs or money market funds and kind of wait out the storm. Uh, but my whole premise in Fast Profits and Hard Times is that, in fact, there's lots of ways you can profit uh, in this kind of environment uh, if only you know how uh, to do it. So you should have your pens and papers ready. I'm going to give you lots of specific resources, all kinds of ideas uh, to help you really make the most of your money uh, in many different ways. People generally think that a rising tide lifts all boats, and that's probably good when the market's going up. But when the tide starts receding, as we're seeing here, uh, a lot of people get, get caught. In fact, there are a lot of people who uh, in the most recent time were, were caught up in the real estate boom and now have been caught with uh, you know their situation where they just can't get out of these things and are way over leveraged. So things have really changed dramatically um, in the uh, most recent uh, period. And let me just give you kind of an uh, economic overview of how I see the economy these days and, and how that's going to be playing into the 10 different strategies I'll be talking about uh, in discussing fast profits and hard times. Um, first of all, we had the real estate bubble. And the real estate bubble lasted basically from 2003 to 2006 and uh, was fed by a very stimulative Federal Reserve policy, which lowered interest rates to 1%, which set off a housing boom, causing a lot of people to get into homes uh, that in many cases they really couldn't afford, and particularly taking aggressive adjust rate mortgages at way below market rates uh, that would adjust up later uh, to market rates. Well, later has now arrived in 2007 and 2008, and so a lot of these people are really hurting because they cannot afford the higher payments that these mortgages call for. Uh, that has led to a credit crisis because the mortgage companies that issue these loans and also the investors who bought them are taking enormous losses. In fact, in 2007, there were over 200, I think the latest number is 212 mortgage lenders that went under because of loans uh, that went bad and foreclosures that resulted from that. That's kind of working its way through the system. So the major banks, major brokerage firms are taking enormous uh, write-downs and losses. <clears throat> so far, it's been about $70 billion, and there's a lot more to come as these mortgages continue to have foreclosure problems. So that's causing a credit crisis. Uh, which is causing a flight to quality. And you're seeing uh, treasury yield pr uh, prices going up and yields going down uh, because people want the safest investment around. They're not willing to take risk, as is available in uh, mortgage-backed securities, those kind of things today. And the same is happening in the stock market. You're seeing people going to the safest kinds of stocks, uh, Procter & Gamble, uh, Coca-Cola, Altria Group, uh, those kind of companies, and shunning anything that has risk uh, because they're very concerned about that. The other big trend going on is clearly uh, the U.S. dollar has been falling very sharply uh, against foreign currencies, uh, partly because our interest rates are falling and probably the Federal Reserve will be lowering interest rates further. Um, and uh, so that makes our currency less attractive compared to other currencies. 
Um, and you also have our economy getting weaker, so it makes dollars less attractive. And we also have enormous both trade and budget deficits, which make the dollar less attractive. Um, so the value of the U.S. dollar has gone down dramatically against the Canadian dollar, the Australian dollar, the European euro, the Japanese yen, the Swiss uh, franc, all the major currencies of the world, and will continue to do so. Um, so one of the strategies I'll be talking about is how to profit from the falling U.S. dollar, because I think it's going to fall even further. Even though it's fallen some, it, it still has further to go, because there's really very little out there supporting it uh, at this point. Uh, basically what you want to be doing is going against uh, the cycle. Uh, a lot of people are kind of still hoping that we're in the same up cycle that we were in from 2003 to 2006. That is not what's happening uh, right now. A lot of the investments I'm going to talk about are non-cyclical, meaning they do well if the economy is going up or if the economy uh, is going down. Some are actually counter-cyclical, meaning that if the economy is going down, these will do better. They profit. They, they benefit if the economy is contracting in, in various ways. Um, in picking some of these different strategies, you want to see uh, how much time and effort it's going to take uh, to uh, involve in each strategy. And some take more time, some take less time. Um, also, you want to see if there are any special skills required. Sometimes there are some strategies that need more skills than others. Uh, you want to see what kind of minimum investment is going to be involved in getting in the game. Uh, you want to understand what the upside of each investment is, which are good reasons to consider in getting into it, and also the downside. Everything has a, a downside as well, so I'll tell you about the downsides and drawbacks uh, to consider before jumping into any of these things. Uh, understanding what kind of risks are involved in these programs as well. Some are more risky, some are less risky. Uh, and then what resources you need to learn more about these different things. Uh, I give them much more detail in the book, but at least I'll give you some sense during this show about uh, some specific resources to help you implement these strategies, and then how to get started, uh, what you want to do if you want to give, give each of these particular uh, programs a try. In the, in the beginning uh, part of um, Fast Profits and Hard Times, I actually have a table that goes through all the different strategies and shows you exactly what I just talked about, uh, what the minimum investment is, what kind of risk is involved, what liquidity is, uh, what the upside, the downside, and so on. So, uh, you know, it really is, is trying to lay it out as simply as possible. And by the way, if you'd like to find out more about uh, this new book, uh, you can look at the, the website designed for it, which is fastprofitsinhardtimes.com. And I even take emails at that website to help people uh, understand these things a little bit. All right, so let's get, get started uh, right away uh, with the first of my strategies, uh, which is uh, tax liens and deeds. Now, with a tax lien and deed, what happens is a person, uh, a homeowner, um, wants to pay their property taxes, but for whatever reason is not able to do so, at least on time. Uh, when property taxes are not paid, uh, the local municipality will place a lien on uh, that homeowner's home, and then uh, in order to get that lien off, you have to pay the property taxes back with uh, interest or some kind of a penalty uh, interest rate. Now, different states... Uh, have different uh, interest rates. Um, and depending on where you are, uh, it can be quite high, it can be quite low. Uh, right now, the lowest uh, is uh, probably Maryland, which is a 6% uh, rate. Uh, Vermont is also 6%. Oklahoma is 8%. Um, but some states are extremely high. Uh, the, the highest in the country is uh, Texas, uh, which is a 25% penalty uh, every six months. 
Some other high states, Massachusetts is 16%, Connecticut 18%, Illinois also 18%, Florida 18%. So it really kind of varies as to which state is going to be charging uh, which kind of um, interest rates here. Uh, but the idea is uh, you bid at an auction uh, for one of these tax liens or deeds, uh, and then if you win the auction, you have to pay the property taxes. And then when the underlying homeowner pays their property taxes later, whether it be a month later or a year later, you get back your original principal and you get back whatever the mandated interest rate is uh, for that particular uh, locality. So uh, the conservative side of this is that you're going to get back your principal plus some rate of interest. You just don't know exactly when. Um, and in many cases, these things are paid off because people really do want to buy their homes and hold on to their homes. You don't want to be buying a tax lien where there's uh, vacant land or where the, the people who are owning it don't really particularly care if they, they lose the property or not. So that's kind of the, the basic. But the real upside in buying tax liens and deeds is if the homeowner does not pay their property taxes ever, typically they'll have about a, a two-year so-called redemption period where they can pay their property taxes. Um, and then, if that happens, then you have the right uh, to, in effect, foreclose on the home and buy the home for uh, basically the property taxes and uh, get a huge potential gain out of that. A recent case uh, I know about was down in Oklahoma, and the person bought the tax lien for about $3,000 on a home worth about $300,000. Um, and in many cases, as a bank, between you and the ability to foreclose on the home. So there was a bank in this case, uh, a local Oklahoma bank, and what was happening is the local bank um, was being taken over by a large bank. And typically, after the homeowner says he's not going to pay the taxes, he ha the bank has 60 days to cure that uh, deficit. Uh, the 60 days went by because the little bank, the local Oklahoma bank, thought the big bank was going to take care of it. The big bank thought the little bank was going to take care of it. Neither of them did, and the 60 days passed, and the person in this case was able to buy a $300,000 home for $3,000, plus a few legal fees for, for the foreclosing, and then able to sell the house for 250000 making an enormous profit. Now, you shouldn't assume that's going to happen every time with a tax lien or deed, but uh, indeed, uh, that can happen you know, a few times, and you get... 20 or 30 times your money can really, really pay off big time. In the current economic environment, where we have a lot of people quite distressed, uh, in fact, there's lots of tax liens uh, to be had, and uh, the choices are going to be bigger all the time. In many cases, there are far, far more liens than there are investors uh, willing to buy them. Um, so you may be able to go into an auction and be the only one bidding or, or one of the few people bidding, um, and... Uh, therefore be able to pick up whatever you want at the interest rate. Now, if there's an, an area where there's a lot of competition, um, where the interest rates are high, typically the way it's working is they bid down the interest rate. So say in Texas you'll start at 25%, and if there's a lot of demand for it, one bidder will say, well, I'll take 24%. One say, I'll take 23%, until they finally come to the final bidder who's willing to take the lowest interest rates. So one strategy around that is not to go into the places with, that have the highest interest rates and the most competition. Go into markets like uh, Missouri or Oklahoma or various places where you just don't have that much competition. 
um, and therefore you're going to be able to bid on whatever you want. It is important to uh, know wh exactly what you're getting uh, carefully. Um, you, you, there's a lot of land on which tax liens are placed that really are not of great value or, or buildable. They may have a toxic waste dump on them because there used to be a gas station there. Uh, they may have a um, railroad going through it. There's all kinds of reasons why you wouldn't want to be buying uh, tax liens. So some of the ways to lower your risk when you buy tax liens are to buy liens on homes that are designated as a homestead. People are going to typically want to pay their property taxes on those kind of things. It's better to buy fewer, more expensive liens rather than many less expensive liens uh, because liens on more valuable property are much less likely to default. You want to buy liens in areas that you know where you can judge by the address whether the property is in a nice residential neighborhood or a bad residential neighborhood. You want to be in a nicer residential neighborhood where people are going to more likely pay back their liens and also have some real value in the property. Uh, avoid buying liens on industrial property, uh, gas stations, or property near gas stations because you could potentially have uh, a real problem if you've got uh, an EPA uh, inspection or something like that. And finally, avoid buying liens on vacant land unless you know the lot is in a good location and is buildable. Uh, it is a way to buy vacant land when you get a cheap uh, price like that, but typically the owner is not going to care that much if he loses it and uh, you're not going to get uh, your interest rate back on that. So those are some of the ideas. Uh, I do list in Fast Profits and Hard Times a lot of different resources uh, to help you find out about uh, the tax lien game and how to, how to play it. I'll just give you one or two right now. Um, there's one called the Association for Optimum Achievement, another one called Tax Lien Authority, uh, TaxSale.com, and at the National Association of Counties, NACO.org, uh, you could actually... Um, find information about tax liens at all the different counties. So that's the first of 10 strategies we'll be going over during this hour. Uh, again, the book I'm talking about is uh, Fast Profits and Hard Times, and the website is fastprofitsandhardtimes.com. We'll be back after this. Internet's only all business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, the Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, the Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. 
Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellent and both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. And in this case, I'm talking about a new book I've just come out with today, uh, which is called Fast Profits in Hard Times, 10 Secret Strategies to Make You Rich in an Up or Down Economy. The idea is that uh, if the economy is going to be get, getting weaker, as it seems to be, there are lots of strategies where you can profit from it uh, quite nicely. The second chapter is what I call Building Wealth with Below Market Value Real Estate. If you can buy uh, high-quality real estate at way below market value uh, in a weak economy, in the long run you can do very, very well for yourself. Not only can you produce a lot of income from rents, but you can also get some really nice appreciation when the value of the real estate comes back. So uh, the, the upside of buying real estate below market value is you have huge potential profits uh, if you're buying it way below market value. It's also counter-cyclical because in lean times, more property owners run into trouble and therefore you can get some fantastic bargains. And also you can be helping someone else when you're buying from distressed sellers. In many cases, you're buying with someone who really needs to sell fast, either because they've fallen on hard times had a death in their family or need to relocate. By crafting a win-win deal, you can profit and help someone who needs it at the same time. The downside of dealing in below-market-value real estate is it's labor-intensive. Uh, you have to work hard uh, to find and put together the right deals for you. Uh, there is a moderate amount of risk. Uh, if you can reduce your risk through financial analysis, that will help. But still, buying real estate does carry risk, particularly with foreclosure, uh, if you cannot inspect the home uh, first. And then finally, you need cash or financing to pull off uh, real estate investing. Uh, many below-market deals require a very quick turnaround. This means you need cash on hand uh, or access to connect cash quickly to be able to take advantage of these uh, kind of opportunities. All right, well, here are some of the ways that I talk about as far as buying below-market value uh, real estate. The first one is lender foreclosure auctions. Now, here is where you can go to auctions of properties that have been foreclosed upon, uh, by the Veterans Administrations, by the Housing and Urban Development, by HUD, uh, by banks. Uh, typically, they'll give you discounts of 10 to as much as 25% off, depending on the area uh, you are buying. Uh, you have to be able to uh, close on these things quickly. But if you can, uh, because you're in a foreclosure situation, 
uh, you can get some really fantastic deals on foreclosed uh, properties. The upside of foreclosures are you can typically get at least 25%, if not more, off the regular market value. Uh, there's a wide and growing selection of properties. It's also counter-cyclical. The worse the economy gets, the better the discounts and the better the selection becomes amongst foreclosures. The downside is you don't really have a chance to inspect the property properly. Uh, you, there may be outstanding liens on the property, and you may have to evict somebody if they haven't already left uh, the property. Um, so in some cases, some owners may have the right to buy the property back during the redemption period, but that doesn't usually happen that often. So that's the first one is uh, foreclosures. The second one is pre-foreclosure. Now, this is uh, buying a property before a property has gone to foreclosure. Um, typically, the lender will file a notice of default with the county, uh, so that's the way you can find out about it. And the owner, who's made about to be losing his property anyway, is really in a position who wants to deal and do what he can to, to hold on uh, to the uh, property. So you can get some fantastic deals if you approach owners uh, before they've actually gone through the foreclosure process. The third way to get below market value real estate is so-called REOs, or real estate owned. Now, this is where banks have already taken possession of the real estate because they have foreclosed on the property. Um, and uh, they are willing to deal because they do not like holding on to real estate. So banks have huge portfolios of so-called REOs uh, that they're willing to sell at a great discount from the true market value in order to just get these things off of their hands. Typically, you'll go uh, to a, a bank and they have an auction of various types. Of, or They'll tell you what REOs they have available. Um, and in some cases, they'll actually help you arrange a loan to take it off their books as well. Okay, so we've got foreclosure, pre-foreclosure, REOs. Uh, the next one is buying at probate. Now, when a property owner dies, uh, the home is usually sold uh, with the proceeds divided up as part of the estate. Uh, typically, the children are not in the local area. They're spread all over the country, and they're willing to take less for the home just to kind of get it off their hands and not to have this hanging around and have to pay heating bills and property taxes and so on. Um, so you're buying it from the estate, but in many cases, that can be a really great way to get some particularly good bargains. You can get 30% or more off the market value in some cases. There's often less competition from other investors, and you might be able to buy a house with its contents, and there may be some very valuable contents in the house when you buy it at probate. The downside is you need to research these things very carefully uh, to make sure you know what you're getting into. Uh, contacting grieving relatives to inquire about the purchase requires extreme tact. This is a, a difficult time for them, and if you do it the wrong way, uh, it can be quite traumatic for everybody. And you have to study this whole situation very carefully. You need an understanding of probate law uh, in order to pull this off correctly. But if you do it right, you can get some fantastic deals at probate. The final technique is buying property before it actually hits the market. This is a so-called FISBO, or a, a, a um, for sale by owner. Again, if you can get an owner that's distressed one way or the other because they've lost their job, their income has gone down, they're going through a divorce, they have to move, whatever it may be, uh, they in many cases are going to really give you a terrific deal. Um, so you're looking to buy with the owner's cooperation who will allow you to inspect the property. Usually there's less time pressure in a FISBO situation like this than if you have a pre-foreclosure or foreclosure auction. And depending on why the property is for sale, it may be in better condition than a foreclosed property where the people don't really care about it very much. Uh, you have to make sure that the seller is motivated to make a good deal. Uh, there are going to be some expenses and finder's fees and so on to find these properties, and you have to review a lot of properties before finding, before finding the one that's sale for you at the best price. 
But if you buy something before it hits the market, you can get some fantastic deals. So those are the basic ways you can do it. Uh, then you have to kind of go through the whole negotiation process to make sure uh, you can uh, get a good deal. In some cases, renting is going to make the most sense. You buy the property at the best property at the price you can get. Uh, then if you can rent it out on a positive cash flow basis, the rental is more than your expenses for uh, property taxes, utilities, uh, any mortgage you have on it. Then over time, you can be building uh, some equity uh, in it. Um, so uh, here's your below market value real estate action plan. Pick in an area where you're likely to, in- to invest. You know it, know it well. Pick an investment strategy that's going to work in that area. If the local economy is in the doldrums, uh, it's probably not a particularly good time, whereas if the market resale is going to be good, then it would be a good time to buy in that particular area. Get to know know the local players. It's all about building relationships with local real estate agents and lenders and title companies and so on. Um, Select some properties that seem like good prospects and research them carefully and then make a written offer. Uh, if you're going to make a serious offer, it's got to be in writing, except if you're at a foreclosure auction. Uh, and then follow through and make sure that you have an inspection and everything handled for you well. And then once you bought it and maybe fixed it up a little bit, you can put it back on the market and potentially sell it at market value and capture the difference between sell- buying it at way below market value and selling it at or slightly below market uh, value. Uh, in Fast Profits and Hard Times, I actually have some case studies uh, that go through uh, different people who have actually gone through this process and done very well for themselves. I do also have some resources in this uh, chapter on buying real estate at below market value. Uh, There's the Robert Allen Institute, uh, the J.G. Banks Institute, which specializes on probate, uh, the National Real Estate Investors Association, and RealtyTrack, which is a way of uh, finding foreclosure and for sale by owner listings in your area. Uh, There's also a club called the REI Club, the Real Estate Investment Club, Uh, that has lots of articles on investing in real estate in various ways. Um, So again, you can get many more resources uh, in the book, which you can find out more about, again, at fastprofitsinhardtimes.com. That's the website for the book. The third strategy is to capitalize on higher oil prices. Now, oil prices recently have gotten up to about $100 a barrel. Uh, My view is they're going to stay uh, quite high uh, because supply has pretty much come down. there aren't a lot of new oil fields being discovered, yet demand has gone up dramatically, not only uh, in America, but in China and India and other places. So the demand is up, the supply is down, and therefore the prices have gone up a lot. In addition, as the U.S. dollar has fallen in value, that makes the value of hard assets like oil go up as well. So my view is oil is high, is going to stay high for quite a long period of time. And so either you can go to the gas pump and complain about it, or in fact you can uh, profit from it. And here are two ways that I talk about in the book that will help you uh, do that. Uh, the first way are called income trusts, and the second way are master limited partnerships. Now, income trusts are uh, typically uh, formed in Canada, and what they do is they have dividend yields of 10 to as much as 15%, and in many cases they are um, uh, paying their, their dividends on a monthly basis, unlike most companies that pay it on a quarterly basis. Um, some of that dividend is considered a return of capital for tax purposes, so it's actually on a tax-adjusted basis worth even more uh, than 10%. Now, if, interest, if oil prices rise, uh, they tend to raise the prices of their dividend, the value of their dividends, and they raise the, the stock prices go up as well, and that's what's been happening uh, recently. 
Um, now, about a year ago, the Canadian government changed its law uh, and made these income trusts taxable at the corporate level, starting in the year 2011, uh, which in the past they had not been uh, taxable at that level. Uh, so starting in 2011, the yields are going to be coming down to some extent, but now at least people know what to expect. In fact, there's been a huge number of takeovers in this area because the value of the oil and gas assets held by these income trusts has been dramatically underpriced. I think in the last year there's been over 20 takeovers in income and uh, oil and gas royalty trusts. Um, so the upside of the income trusts is that their prices are more stable than a lot of other income investments, um, and you can invest in these in, uh, in a whole portfolio of them as well. Uh, when we get back, I'll get into some individual names of income trusts and also the other way to play higher oil and gas prices, which is master limited partnerships. Again, you can find out more about all these things at fastprofitsinhardtimes.com. I'll be back after this. The Bottom Line in Business, Voice America Business. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and The Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, the Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, the Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman speaking about my new book, which is just out today, uh, which is called Fast Profits in Hard Times. The subtitle is 10 Secret Strategies to Make You Rich in an Up or Down Economy. So far, we've talked about tax liens and deeds and buying real estate way below market value. Uh, the next area we're talking about is income trusts and master limited partnerships. 
Uh, basically, income trusts have big reserves of oil and gas, 20, 30 years reserves. They pump it out. They pay out uh, 70 or 80 percent of their cash flow to you, the investor. So the yields are double digits, beating anything you're going to get on a CD or money market fund by a long uh, tax break. Uh, you also get a tax break if you're a U.S. citizen because some of the uh, money is considered a return of capital. And as long as oil stays high, you're going to be benefiting from the long-term uh, trend. Uh, some of, and I've been doing income trust myself for a long time, um, and you know they've really done very, very well. What you want to look for in an income trust is what its payout ratio is, what percentage of uh, its distributable cash flow is distributable to you as a dividend. You want something in the 60 to 80% range would be ideal. Uh, also look at the price to book value. Uh, you want to see what the value of all of its assets are. Um, so here are some of the uh, – in the book I actually list all of the best income trusts out there, and also there's some newsletters. There's a newsletter, for example, called High Yield Investing, which attracts these things on a regular basis, and another one called Canadian Edge, and uh, th these are ways of tracking these Canadian income trusts. I'll give you some of my favorites, uh, Advantage Energy Income, Baytech Energy Trust, uh, Connexus Income, uh, Enterplus Resources, uh, Vermilion Energy Trust, Penwest Energy, Provident Energy, uh, Pen Growth Energy. Uh, now, for these and many others, I have a listing of the names of the, the, the uh, energy trust, its stock symbol, its address, its phone number, its website, and much more detail. And they're not only in the energy area. There are also some uh, that are non-energy related. Uh, for example, there's the A&W Revenue Fund, which is based on A&W uh, food uh, markets of various types. There are timber trusts, like the Acadian Timber Income Trust. Uh, there's one aimed around uh, movie theaters called the Cineplex Galaxy uh, Income Fund. So it's not only oil and gas funds here. The other way to play high oil and gas prices are so-called master limited partnerships. Now, this is where they've uh, rolled up existing limited partnerships into a publicly traded vehicle, typically focusing on infrastructure. Uh, typically, uh, oil and gas pipelines is where they specialize. Um, so they have relatively limited exposure to energy prices, but they have long-term contracts that make them very stable. The yields typically are about 6 to 9%. Now, you can either buy them directly. Some of my favorites would be Amerigas Partners, uh, Boardwork Pipeline uh, Partners, uh, Energy, uh, Energy Transfer Partners, uh, Magellan Midstream Partners, uh, or there are lots of mutual funds out there uh, that in themselves buy a portfolio of master limited partnerships, like the uh, Energy Income and Growth Fund, uh, the Kane Anderson Fund, uh, the Tortoise Energy Infrastructure Fund. Um, so you can get a diversified portfolio of master limited partnerships that way. So a combination of income trusts and master limited partnerships is a way to get very high income yields with pretty great safety that's not going to be affected by the downturn in the economy. In fact, allows you to profit as oil prices uh, go up. The fourth chapter in Fast Profits and Hard Times, and again, you can find out much more about all these things I'm mentioning here at my website, fastprofitsinhardtimes.com, are other stocks that are higher yielding, uh, and by high yielding I mean with a 5% or higher uh, dividend of some kind. Um, in general, over the long term, if you get a higher yield, that's much more certain than getting a capital gains. So you cash in on a stock without actually having to sell it or cash out. Uh, today, the dividend rate on capital gains and dividends is 15%, so the dividends you're getting are, are pretty tax-favored as well. When you get dividends from a company, it shows that they are 
financially healthy as well. So that's a good sign from a company. Uh, if they pay dividends, they tend to be more stable than companies that do not pay dividends as well. So any stock with 5% or high dividends is what I consider a high dividend stock. Here are some of my favorite industries uh, that currently have a high dividend yields. Uh, oil tankers um, currently have yields of 10 to as much as 15%. Uh, some of my favorites there would be Frontline, uh, Double Hull Tankers, uh, Knightsbridge Energy. Um, those would be a few examples. Uh, they transport oil around the world, and with oil at such a high price and in such great demand these days, uh, their services are highly prized, and it's very difficult to build new oil tankers because it takes a long time to do so, and they have to be double hull, so there's not that much competition for the existing uh, oil tankers out there. The second industry would be utilities. Um, now here, there are different kinds of utilities. There's electric utilities. There are uh, uh, um, telephone utilities, there are gas utilities, there are water utilities. Um, all of these have quite stable dividend yields, typically 4 or 5%, um, and people want to pay their water and phone and electric bills so they don't get turned off. So that it has what a lot of what economists call priced in inelasticity. Uh, so those have done very well. And in an environment today where you have falling interest rates, uh, utilities look very good and, in fact, have had a, a pretty good run recently and will probably continue to do well in a weakening economic environment. The next category of high-yielding stocks are business development corporations. These are companies uh, that invest in small businesses, both having an equity share and a uh, loan share. They're loaning money to them, uh, and they pay out 90% of their taxable income in the form of dividends. Um, so they, they get growth, and they have high income of typically 7%, 8 uh, some of my favorite uh, business development corporations would include Capital Source, Gramercy Capital, Allied Capital, and there are several others in this uh, area as well. And again, I have more details on them uh, in the book and, and how to find uh, specific about these companies. Convertible bonds is another area where you get a combination of convertible uh, of debt and equity. The equity can be converted into uh, uh, bonds over time, and you can get some very nice yields and some pretty good appreciation in those as well. Another example are preferred stock. This is where uh, the stock is preferred in the case of liquidation. The dividends are going to be paid as opposed to common shareholders. Um, but in general, they tend to trade like bonds and have very, very high yields, 7, 8, 9% yields. As long as you get a highly rated preferred stock, you'll do quite well. Uh, real estate investment trusts is another example uh, where you have a portfolio of real estate, uh, bond, uh, real estate uh, holdings. could be apartment buildings, office buildings, shopping centers, um, and uh, they pass through the rental income to you. If it's a mortgage rate, they pass through mortgage payments as well. Um, so in this environment, I would go more for the equity REITs. The mortgage REITs have been having some trouble uh, because of the troubles in the credit crunch area. Okay, this is Jordan Goodman uh, back for, for the Money Answer Show, and uh, I'm talking about Fast Profits and Hard Times, my new book, which talks about all kinds of ways of profiting from the uh, current environment. Um, I was talking about various kinds of stocks that offer high yields. One area I like a lot are closed-end mutual funds, which have a very widely diversified portfolio and have yields today of 8, 9, 10% in many cases. Uh, some of my favorites there would be the Zweig Total Return Fund, uh, the BlackRock Enhanced Government Fund, 
the ING Global Equity Dividend Fund, and there's plenty more as well. Um, so that's a way of, of having a portfolio manager figure out for you and putting a diversified portfolio together that's going to give you yields of about 8 or 9%. So that's the, uh, the chapter on uh, high-yield stocks. You can do very well for yourself by getting into some of those. And there are some specific resources I have. There's a closed-end fund association. Uh, there's a book called The 25% Cash Machine. Uh, there's a newsletter called The Utility Forecaster uh, that will help you find the specific ones in your situation. The next area I talk about in Fast Profits and Hard Times is dividend reinvestment plans, or DRIPs as they're known for short. Uh, this is a way of reinvesting your money back into dividend reinvestments, and uh, in a very long period of time, you can build up a substantial amount of money if you have a high-quality company. Uh, you can go to places uh, where, like a place called ShareBuilder, uh, or another one called DirectInvesting.com, or another one called Dividend Investor, where you can uh, sign up for a dividend reinvestment plan and have the money just automatically reinvested for you very, very easily. My favorite dividend reinvestment plans are so-called discount drips, where you get a discount of typically 2 to 5% on your reinvested dividends. So if you give them $100 worth of dividends, you reinvest it at a 5% discount, you get $105 worth of stock. In addition to that, you can add additional money, which is called optional cash purchase, which you can then... Uh, build up your money even at a faster kinds of pace. Um, so I actually have a list in Fast Profits and Hard Times of all the companies that offer discount drips. Uh, they tend to be uh, real estate investment trusts, uh, banks, um, companies that have had a very long history of um, paying uh, dividends. I'll give you some examples. Archstone Smith, Access National, Anworth uh, Mortgage, Education Realty Trust, Capital Source, Colonial Properties Trust, uh, First National Community Bank, a whole bunch of others where you can get uh, these discounts in addition uh, to having your money reinvested on a regular basis. So that's uh, dividend reinvestment plans. The next um, uh, the next area is, is bonds. Uh, bonds uh, can work very well in this kind of environment uh, because uh, if interest rates are falling, the value of bonds would be uh, rising. Um, so a traditional bond, um, and particularly treasury bonds, have been doing very well lately because bond prices have been moving up while bond yields have been uh, moving uh, down. Now, there are lots of unusual uh, bonds that offer even higher yields and some pretty good appreciation potential as well. Uh, you can do that through either open or closed-end uh, mutual funds. Uh, some of my favorite uh, bonds would be global uh, bonds around the world, uh, where you get a diversified portfolio from all countries in many places in the world. Some of my favorites there would be the PIMCO International uh, Total Return Fund, uh, the Henderson Income Advantage Fund, uh, the Payden uh, Global Fixed Income Fund. Yields, again, 8 9%, and you appreciate, you, you value, get value as the value of the dollar depreciates against foreign uh, currencies. Okay, another area I like are zero-coupon bonds. This is where you buy a bond, at a particular price, uh, you have locked in a reinvestment rate, and you know exactly how much you're going to be getting when the bond matures in 10, 20, 30 years, however long you're going to do it. So it's a way of pre-funding a specific uh, financial goal, like your kid's going to college in 18 years, something like that, or you are going to be retiring in 20 years. You buy it now knowing exactly how much you're going to get when the bond matures in uh, 10 or 20 years. You can either do it directly through zero-coupon bonds, or you can do it through various mutual funds. 
American Century, for example, has what's called the target maturity funds, uh, based on which year you want, as far as different zero-coupon bonds. Another area uh, is tax-exempt bonds. Now, lately, tax-exempt bond prices have gone down, yields have gone up, out of fear that the insurers backing uh, tax-exempt bonds are going to be in trouble. So I was talking about municipal bonds as a way of investing, and in, indeed, with a municipal bond, uh, you get a income that is tax-free, particularly if you're in a high-tax state like New York or Pennsylvania or Michigan or California. The after-tax yield you're getting is much higher than on a taxable bond on which you'd be paying interest. So you can either do tax-exempt bonds directly or through bond funds. Some of my favorites would be the Alliance National Municipal Bond Fund, BlackRock MuniVest, the Fidelity Municipal Bond Fund, the Nuveen Municipal High Income Opportunity Fund. So lots of ways of profiting from municipal uh, bonds. And finally, there are so-called hybrid uh, bonds, which is a kind of a combination of stocks and bonds. Companies, uh, securities called ELKs or MITs, HITs, STRIDES, those kind of things, very funny names. But in fact, they can do very well, issued by big corporations like Morgan Stanley or Merrill Lynch or Citibank, um, that typically have an underlying company uh, attached to them uh, that has very good uh, growth potential. Right now, you can get an elk on Celgene, for example, which is a good biotech company. Uh, Apple Computer has what are called HITS, uh, out on it, which is high-income trigger securities. Uh, Elks, which is equity-linked securities. Okay, one other area in the bond that I like are closed-end bond funds. These are funds that have a widely diversified portfolio of bonds that can give you very high yields and professional uh, management. Uh, they typically trade at a discount or premium to the asset value of their portfolio and can do very, very uh, well. Uh, one example would be the Alliance Bernstein uh, Income Fund, uh, the Nuveen High Income Fund, lots of very good ones in that particular uh, area. Uh, you can also get exchange-traded funds uh, that uh, are in the bond area uh, as well. Uh, so bonds are going to be particularly good in this uh, environment now where you generally have falling uh, interest rates. And again, you can get more details on all these things at the website fastprofitsinhardtimes.com. The next chapter is on options. And options give you the ability to profit if the stock market falls or if the stock market rises. Uh, basically, with an option, you can buy the right to buy an underlying stock at a particular price by a particular time, or you get the right to sell that stock by a particular time or a particular price. Um, on the call side, you want the stock to go up. On the put side, you want it to be going down. Um, so there's a whole language of options. Uh, the, the premium of what is what you pay for the right to having that option. If you're writing an option, that means that you are selling an option on an underlying stock position uh, that you own. Um, so what's good about options is all you can lose, the maximum you can lose, is the amount you put into the option in the first place, which is uh, the premium. Um, I have actually personally been doing options lately on the put side uh, with financial stocks. And because financial stocks have gone down so much, those options have risen uh, dramatically in value. 
A conservative way of using options uh, is to have an existing stock portfolio and write uh, call options on those stocks, and therefore you're collecting income from the premiums you're being paid. If the stock prices go down, you get to keep the income. If the stock price goes up, you might lose the stock, but at a profitable level uh, for you. So you can either do aggressive uh, option strategies where you're betting on the direction of the market or conservative option strategies where you're collecting more uh, income. And again, in the chapter, I have a lot of resources uh, to help you find the best uh, options. For example, the Options Industry Council um, is a kind of uh, industry group that will help you find the best options uh, anywhere. Uh, the next chapter in Fast Profits and Hard Times is called Money Makes the World Go Round, How to Exchange Earn Fast Profits from Foreign Exchange. As I mentioned earlier, I think the U.S. dollar is going to keep falling against foreign currencies. So, in fact, foreign exchange is a good way to profit from that. You can buy and sell uh, pairs of currencies, the U.S. dollar against the Japanese yen, against the British pound, against the euro. And if w- when one goes up, the other goes down, and you can make a, a profit on that by buying one and selling the other at the same time. Uh, the other way you can do it is to buy... Uh, CDs denominated in foreign currencies, like the options, like like the uh, CDs based on Canadian dollars, euros, uh, yen, that kind of thing. So you get an FDIC-insured yield, and then if the dollar goes down in value, you in fact get a appreciation uh, that way uh, from the underlying CD. But your your principal is basically guaranteed. So with the dollar falling, I think playing the foreign currency market makes a lot of sense. Lots of resources there to help you learn about trading in foreign exchange. Then I've got a chapter on cash flow, uh, which is where there is various kinds of cash flows, uh, where you can either uh, buy it yourself at a discount or act as a broker to connect a buyer of the cash flow with the seller uh, of uh, the cash flow. Some examples of cash flows uh, would be business-based cash flows, like a business owner who has day-to-day expenses and they've got inventory and invoices are going to be paid. Uh, Collateral-based cash flow, which are mortgage notes. Um, Contingency-based cash flows, which are, um, for example, a lawsuit. If somebody wins a lawsuit, that's a cash flow that can be used in the future. Uh, You can also do insurance-based cash flows and government-based cash flows. For example, if somebody wins a lottery, that's a long-term cash flow that can be used and, in fact, sold uh, to others. Um, So the whole cash flow business is really quite big and something you might want to learn about I give you lots of resources to find out about that. There's a place, for example, called the American Cash Flow Institute uh, that has an uh, annual convention where you can learn about different kinds of cash flow opportunities. So you see I've covered lots of different ways here uh, that you can f- actually profit in this kind of environment. Uh, the book, again, is called Fast Profits in Hard Times, 10 Secret Strategies to Make You Rich in an Up or Down Economy. Uh, I've just given you a small taste of it, but you can get much more detail at the website associated with the book, which is fastprofitsinhardtimes.com. I'm your host, Jordan Goodman, and I'll be back again next week. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.